Welcome to the Gain and Retain 365 podcast, where our goal is to educate and motivate aspiring entrepreneurs. Today we have a very, very special guest, and I'm going to allow her to introduce herself. Hi, my name is Lanika Brown. I am the author and also the owner of the Lady Cartel. Lady Cartel. Yes. Okay, okay. How long have you been in business? Um, I've been in business for a total of two years, but I've been in um, a physical location for about five months now. Okay, okay. How has it been transitioning into a brick and mortar? Oh my goodness, it's been different. I'll say that much. Okay. Is it good different or bad different or are you indifferent about it? I say indifferent. Mm. Yeah, because it's like you you're able to reach the people when you're moving around, but you got to be still when you're in a physical place and let them come to you. So that's the only difference. Okay, okay. Good. So what, what motivated you to start your business? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say this young lady, her name is Brittany Gray. She kind of gave me the game on how to start and I've been running ever since. So. Okay. Okay. And you, you have a, for everyone listening, it's a retail store, correct? Yes. It's a retail store. Okay. Yeah. And it's handbags? Handbags, wallets, uh, purses. We have luggage and yeah, that's about it. Okay. And the majority of your consumers are ladies, right? Well, we have ladies and men, I'll say that much. Okay. Yeah. But most of the items for sale are for women. Yes, for women, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what was the process as far as starting your business? Um, I'll say um, I had to get certified. You know, I did like the EIN and then I did... Uh, the LLC and the copyright and the trademarking, marketing and all of that. So it was fairly easy okay. to get started. Yeah. About how long was that process? Um, it t- took me about maybe five months to get all the way together. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. So after you did all of the, the legal work, you got that out the way, mm-hmm. then you started to order products, well, order your well, I was doing it both at the same time. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I was doing it both at the same time. And I started, I went, was traveling to get the product. So every time you look around, I'm out of town every two to three days, back and forth on the highway, bringing product back. Okay. And not only did I bring product back for me, I bought product back for other people that couldn't, that didn't want to pay the shipping costs, basically. That was that was good of you. Um, so... Your your source where you get your you you get it wholesale right, mm-hmm. bring it back and resell it. Mm-hmm. Now, how was that finding a good wholesaler? Well, really, it was fairly easy because most of the people that I have ran into, they're they they've been real nice. So I've built like relationships with them to where they call me, we email back and forth, and if they don't see me for a while or something's going on, we stay in contact. So. It was fairly easy. Okay. Yeah. And uh, as far as maintaining those relationships, how, how has that been? Now, sometimes I think I have one that was kind of just out of line, but where we end up smoothing it out, so it's been okay. That, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, with the rising cost in, in products and services, you know, inflation, how has it affected your business? I have to raise the prices up. 
So it's really basically the same because I have customers that, you know, women like to buy what it is that they want. Right. It really doesn't matter what price it is. They're going to buy what they want. So it really hasn't been too bad. That's good. That's good. I know it has uh, affected a lot of businesses. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, when, when their um, provider goes up on a product or whatever, they have to increase their prices. They do. So it makes sense. Yeah. You know. And you still got you in business to make profit. That's right, know, yeah. And that can be hard. Um, I'm curious, uh, what, what techniques did you use to to build your clientele? I was I started out in the streets. Okay. So I started out like I would go to all the local spots and I would be out at nighttime. So I would pull up on people and I might pay a certain person this much to come up and set up in their establishment. So that's how I really began to get off of bags. And I would make anywhere from a thousand to three thousand dollars a night just industries just selling bags. Okay. So that's how I basically did it. Wow. Yeah. So you would just you would just go to a random business? Mm, and random just... business or maybe a club or anything and I would just set up sometimes I would be outside if if I didn't pay, I would be outside and I would just hustle the bags out of my trunk. Okay. <laughs> just soliciting, huh? Yeah, I was doing that at its finest. Okay, yeah. okay. So, and then the businesses that you, you receive their permission, right? Mm -hmm. So you will go to the business owner and say, hey, I'm going to pay you X, Y, and mm -hmm. Z or whatever amount and I want to sell some purses here today. Yeah, and okay. they would allow me to do it. Okay. You know? And you were leaving with anywhere between fifteen hundred to three grand, okay. like a thousand to three grand. Really? It just depends on how the night would be. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So, what's the average price per bag? It depends. I will usually do them for forty, forty to sixty-five, just depending on the client. And then a lot of bags, I like if I have people that's like constant customers of mine, I sew back into them, so everything is not always a cost. I give away a lot of bags for free. Okay. So, especially if they've been with me, right. you know, I'll right. give them away for free sometimes. Right. Yeah, if they return clients, they've been shopping with you for, you know, months, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they've been with you for over a year. Yeah. And they steady spending money with you. Why not give them a bag? That's right. I mean, yeah. they, they paid for it, yeah. you know. Yeah. In a long haul, they have. Right, 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 right. That's amazing. So, and that's a, that's a way to retain as well. Um, but as far as your marketing, what mm -hmm. what ways do you market and advertise your product? Um, I've tried so to, social media. A lot of it is word of mouth. That's how it's been lately. Okay. Um, and then a lot of people know me from being just out of my trunk. So that's basically. I do it, it but I'm, that's trunk. how I started. But I'm trying to take it more of on the mainstream now, okay, and um, take it to a whole nother different level. I would say. Okay, okay, it's a lot of uh, a lot of millionaires started out their trunk. Yeah, yeah, at their garage, at their houses. Mm -hmm. I think Google, what they started, was it Google or was it Amazon? Amazon? Yeah, Jeff started yeah. out his garage selling books. Yeah, yeah, him and some buddies. Yeah. yeah. And look at him now. Right, yeah. Yeah. It ain't about where you start. So, Miss Brown, how has it been since you transitioned from the trunk to a brick and mortar physical location? It's been a little different because now you have to 
the people have to come to you instead of you going to the people. So, do you do you miss that being able to go to the people and you out and about and so many different people at once? I miss the fast money. Mm, okay. Because okay. you know when you're out and about, that money comes fast. Right. But you know when you in a store, it's slow money. It's a process. You don't so have, you have an assistant? No, no, this is just me. Just you. Uh huh. Okay. So have you thought about maybe? Delegating a task or someone to sit at the location while you can still get out and move around and reach those different people? Not just yet until um, my vision is totally off the ground where it needs to be. Because okay. everybody doesn't treat your vision like right. like it's their own, you, you right. know. So right. until it's where it's supposed to be, then I'll consider it. Okay. You know? So you Monday through Saturday? Monday, yeah, Monday through Saturday. Okay. Mm -hmm. What hours? From nine to five. Nine to five. Okay. It's your own nine to five. My own nine yeah. to five. Clock in when you get ready. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what's what's the process like as far as your? I know you said sometimes you go pick it up, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes you order as well. Yes, I've been ordering lately because I hadn't had time. I can't afford. I'll say this to keep the the building closed so I I can't travel as much when it comes to getting the bag. So I've been doing ordering online. So Okay. Now do you have wholesale vendors? Yes, I have wholesale vendors. Okay. I have um actually I have over five hundred um different vendors, but I also they're separate from my US vendors though. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you have you have vendors within the United States and mm -hmm. you have some out of the country? Yeah, but I don't use the ones that's out of the country. It's like I give those to like people that like to sell that type of stuff and I just give it to them, especially if they're starting out and they just need help. I just give them all the information. Why don't why don't you use the out of out of the country vendors? Cuz that's not what I sell. You know, that's not my clientele, so I don't Okay. Use them, yeah. Okay. So is that more of the counterfeit? That's going to be more of the counterfeit side. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I was just curious. Um, and it's more of like the trendy thing, the trendy stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. And so your, the merchandise that you carry is geared towards a more professional, classy pro yeah. women. Okay, okay. I got you. Um, and that's a good, a good point, too. So that crowd that comes with the... Uh, I'm, well, we would say the um, the luxury or the designer, mm -hmm. the high fashion designer brands. That's not your. That's not your. No, crowd. that's not the ones that I um, cater to. Okay. Yeah, I cater to like the like a lot of my clients. They're older. They might be. I think my oldest one. She's probably about eighty something. Mm. But. Uh, she's my client, but she's also become my friend. Okay. You know. I got so. you. It's very important in business to know who your audience is, mm -hmm. to know, you know, who who's your consumer. Because right. everybody's everybody's not. No, everybody's not. Everybody's not for you. Right. Yeah. I feel that once we understand exactly who we are here to cater to, mm -hmm. it makes it a lot more easier. It especially does. with marketing. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, um, curious about this what what ways do you keep keep your consumers coming back to you 
I do a lot of emailing. I do text messages. I call um, and I always try to set up a good atmosphere for them when they come okay. because it's the, if the atmosphere is right, you're friendly, you're polite, you got advice, you know, you're on a friendship level, they'll come back because mm -hmm. they want to be treated equally. Right. You know, if a person is spending money with you, they want you to be nice. Right. You know, just being kind gets you a long way, and it keeps your people coming back because you're kind. Right. So if you, if your attitude is bad and, you know, it's always something, they're not going to want to spend their money because they feel like they're unappreciated. Mm. So that is a lot. It's kindness, just being kind. Okay. I know I, I say this all the time, but people do business with those they know, like, and trust. Mm-hmm. You have to be likable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, if I'm going to spend my hard work and my hard-earned dollars with you. You want to be appreciated. Most definitely. And it's like, how you doing? You know, you most people, they they don't ask you how you doing, you know. Right, right. How, how are your kids? Mm -hmm. You know, you on a friendship level to mm -hmm. that point that you know them. Right. You don't know all about their life, but you're able to say, how are your kids? How are you doing? How's everything working out? Right. And, you know. Some people, they just want that because they don't get that, exactly. you know. Exactly. Notice me, uh, you know. Yeah. Just check on me. See how I'm doing. See how I'm doing. Right, right. Yeah. You know how you step in. You step in some establishments and they won't even acknowledge, acknowledge you. Acknowledge you. And you just looking and it makes you feel so awkward and unappreciated to where it's like, you know, you don't want to spend. That's why... I think the mom and pop stores stayed around for so long because they always knew you. You know how how your mama doing? How right. you? It made you want to go and spend money with them. Right. You know more personable. Yeah, it's more personal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you know, versus you walking into one of the, I just say like Galleria Mall or something yeah. like that. Nobody even says hello. How you doing? Not you nothing. You walk into these stores, they don't acknowledge you. You walk around for. 10, 15 minutes before anyone even asks if you need assistance. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I'm going to be honest, that makes me feel like I'm not welcome. Right, true. And what I look like spending two, $300 in your business, and you didn't even have the courtesy to say, hey, how you how doing? How you doing? Or may have, can I help right. you with anything? Right. Yeah. It's yeah. the small thing. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants to feel appreciated, and that's all it's about. Right, yeah. right. And I want to piggyback off what you said about that creating that welcoming environment. Mm -hmm. You know, whenever they come to your establishment, they feel feel comfortable, right? Yeah, they do. And that was one of the things, because um, I also do hair, too. I'm just not doing it right now. Okay. I got license to do hair. And that was one thing when I was doing hair, I always had to make my clients feel like that because you never know the weight that a person is carrying. Mm -hmm. And when they come to you, you're their relief, you right. know. So I always kind of keep that same attitude with, um, even within my business, okay. selling purses. Yeah. Because I know, and you deal with, you have a lot of women customers. Yeah. And and I know, women love to have conversations. But I, the ones that I have, even though they might have stuff going on or in their life, like they don't do it. Really? I'm I'm serious. They don't. They don't do it. Wow. Wow. They don't do it. They don't, when they come in, it's never a conversation about, um, well, this person did me like this, and never. Not even with um, 
another retailer, they don't do it. Mm. That sounds like positive vibes. Yeah, all. they don't they don't do it at all. Okay. Well, I see you created that space and mm -hmm. you control the atmosphere. Right, you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they only gonna do what you allow them to do. Yeah, so that's true. It's easy to redirect conversations and Yeah. And know. I never have to because they don't they just don't they do don't it. Take it there. They don't everything's strictly when they come in, Hey, how you doing? Uh, we laughing, we talking and how the kids doing and that type of stuff like that. Okay. So Miss Brown, before before you um, opened your location, did you did you check the surrounding areas and kind of see what your competition was? I wasn't worried about um, the competition because what's for me is for me. True. I can't worry about that. You know, one of my biggest things, um, and I'm kind of gonna go off the subject for a minute. One of my biggest things is my prayer is always. For my business, you send me who I need, God. Mm. Whoever I need is going to walk through the door for me. Mm -hmm. You know, according to what I need to make for the day, it's always going to be you send me who I need right. and what I need for that day. That's that's just how I go about in my business. So I never worried about the competition. I like that. Yeah, never. Like yeah. Dev, you're absolutely right. Yeah. What, what is intended for you? It's, it's, it's going to be just for me. Mm -hmm. It got your name on it. Yeah, it no got one, my name on it. No yeah. one can deter it or nothing like that. Right. Uh, you know. But I was I was just curious because a lot of times, you know, especially with marketing, I know mm -hmm. you, you you read, you're a reader. And oh, you, yeah. So you anytime you read any type of book about business or marketing and your strategy, they always say, check the market and see if that business is needed mm -hmm. in that, in that right. area. You know yeah. what I mean? Because you don't wanna you don't wanna put your purse shop in a a city or area that has twenty five purse shops, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's y'all stacked on top of each other, it's oversaturated, you know what I mean? But see, everywhere you go the market is oversaturated. I mean, it's everywhere. Everybody's basically, there's no originality in anything. Everybody doing the same everybody's thing. Everybody's doing the same thing. But if it's done right, everybody's going to get the same amount of money mm. or more, mm. you know. So it's always going to be just oversaturated. But what do you bring that stands you out from everybody else? I got you. You know, right. what is it that you do? How is your character? That mm -hmm. makes people want to come and deal with you. You right. You know. So you're right. that's just how I look at it. You know. Yeah. So what? And that's. I'm glad you brought that to my attention. What do you do that distinguishes you from your competitors? I just be me. I'm a real. <laughs> like serious. I be me. I'm a real person. Okay. I be genuine, and that's just what I do. You know. It might be times. We might go into a full prayer session up in there. You never really? know what it's going to be like, okay. you know. So I'm just going to be me, you know, and that's just it, you know. I mean, that's who you were created to be. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard for you to try to be anyone else. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. Yeah. That's cool. So um, let me ask you this. With the... With the sales of your of your handbags, right? Mm -hmm. Is the is the profit margin is it fair? Whew, fair. Is it is this a profitable business? It's lucrative. It's very okay, lucrative. Okay. Okay. It, uh, I would say it 
but it's it just depends on how you're going to sell it. And I sell it to, according to where I came from. You know, a lot of people, and we're going to get to the book side of it, too, because it'll tell you more about where I came from. Yes, ma'am. I came from the streets. So I that's where I came from. So when I'm in the streets, I'm able to sell the books according to where I came from. I mean, not the books, or books, or because I sold books like that, too. Books and bags according to the lifestyle that I used to live. Okay. You know, so... I guess if that answers your question. I don't know if it was clear enough. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. So um, you're able to you're able to um, maneuver and mm-hmm. and um, the way that you the way that you sell your products, like like you said, it's lucrative, right? Mm-hmm. And it's profitable for you. Right. Because I brought the way that I used to operate into the new but not so much as without the lifestyle. I'll just say that much. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. I got you. I got you. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah. Okay. Um, so what about this? The um, with the with the handbags, do you do you pay attention to the fashion trends? You keep up with the seasons? No, I really don't pay attention to. The trends, I know what's kind of going on, but the way I sell my bags is I got just like an eye for bags. I can go to anybody that I've ever sold a bag to. I know every bag I've ever sold. Really? Yeah. And I can see people, I don't might not even recognize the face, but I know the bag. Hmm. And I'll be like, did I buy that? You buy? They were like, yeah, I bought that bag from you. And every bag I ever sold, I know what it looks like. Hmm. Wow. So you got, the, you got the eye for I just got the eye for a bag, yeah. Okay. So when, you, um, when you're doing your, you're checking inventory and you're getting ready to make an make a order, um, do you ever, do you ever over purchase or under purchase are you usually right there on the money oh it depends on what i'm doing at that particular time if i know that i'm going to be out and i'm going to do if i'm a vendor event then i'm going to over purchase okay according to what event that i'm going to do like usually when i'm doing an event i like to do maybe the blues on the river or um anything that's going to be a big concert i don't mind investing the money back into myself because I know at the end of that day it's a 3000 plus profit. Mm. So I don't mind. So over-purchasing, yeah. Okay, okay. Do you do a lot of events? Only if it's, I, I do local, but I try not to do local. And it's not because I don't support local, but I do the bigger ones because there's a more profit margin. Mm. You got... I'll say for Blues on the River. They do a Blues on the River because I think the last one I did, I actually did two of them. I did, no, I did one Blues on the River and I did um, the, um, I think Tank was here that, um, the all-white party. Okay, okay. But I do do those events because they bring in a certain kind of crowd. If you bring in the, you do the blues on the river, it's more of an adult crowd. I got you. Adult people, they spend adult money. Right, right. And so that's 
and they're nice that you don't have to deal with all of the extra. I got, I got so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely understand. Yeah, so. Okay. And the uh, the events that you have done and you were a vendor, it was, it was profitable. It was profitable, like the luge on the river. Oh, it was so cold. It was like, oh, it was cold that day. And it was in November. I made, for that one day, over $3,000 just one, one day. But it was a two-day event. Okay. So it was lucrative. Right, right, yeah. right. Okay. So um, what, what advice would you give anyone looking to get into this industry that you're in? I'll say just take your time and don't look at everybody else because... Everybody's, what's fast is not always good, I'll mm. say that much. Because mm. everybody's, they're going to move at their own pace, but you can only be you. Right. So if you think that you have a niche for it, then you go for it. But it's, it looks easy, but it's not, you know. And you're going to always have to keep that mindset because you're going to have a lot of days that you're going to pray. And you like seriously with in, with any business, you gon' you gon' pray. You might you they don't see the behind the scene of an entrepreneur, right? Because right. you gonna have a lot of sleepless nights. You are gonna be crying. You are gonna do all of that, right? You know. So, but if you want, if that's your desire to do, then that's what you do. Go for it. So I'm curious. Um, prior to you getting started doing the handbags, mm -hmm. did you, was there anyone that motivated you, that inspired you to get started in it? Um, it was a young lady named Brittany Grace. I always give her, and she's just the sweetest person ever. I mean, she's real sweet, got real good energy. That's where I learned the game from. She gave me the game. When she gave me the game, I've been running. Really? Yeah. The she, she does it as well? Yeah, she sells bags as well. Okay. I, I buy bags from her. Okay. So, yeah, I do. I still buy her products and wear her hats and everything. That's amazing. So, yeah. she, um, she basically, she gave you the entire blueprint on yeah, she did. what to do from A to Z. Uh-huh. All the way down to vendors, she did. Really? Yeah. And, you know, that's amazing, man. And, and, people, she's, and she's never been selfish. But ever, the, ever the people right. that are that are not that are not selfish, they are selfless. Mm -hmm. They receive so many blessings. Yeah, they receive so many blessings. For her to do that, that's that's a big deal. A lot of people won't sit down and break it down A to oh, Z no. how to do it. They're like, uh, I, I can't. They all or they'll only tell you a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But she's always she still shares information just all the way around with everything that she does. I mean she's. She a real sweetheart. Like, yeah, she is. That's good. That's good. So but besides her, anybody else that helped you along the way or any, any mentors you have? Um, I really didn't have any mentors with the purse side. Just, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're going to transition into your, to your other side <laughs> and... We want to talk about talk about these books. You okay. are you a published author of over fourteen books. Am yes, I, I am. Okay, okay. And I also am a publisher. Um, I also operate um, a program to help incarcerated people. As far as I provide them with books and everything is at my cost, so I don't get 
no money back, but you know it'll turn back around in royalty. So okay. it's it's okay. Okay, okay. So how did you how did you get into writing books? Oh my goodness, my first book I wrote as a release because I had been through so much trauma, like in my life, and I said I got to in order for me to redirect and break some of the generational curses, I got to stop. You know, so I took the time out. And I wrote, I'm talking about, I wrote everything that had ever happened to me in life. And that's how I got started. That was my first book. And it's called, um, You Are Not Your Story. And when I tell you that is a life changer, I'm talking about, I began to put it like in um, my children's daycares and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I put it in the doctor's offices. And every woman that has ever read my book, instantly, they begin to cry. They begin to tell, I don't even know them from Adam to Eve, some of the people. And they begin to pour their life out, just instantly. And, you know, my brother, when he, you know, he was my editor for my first couple of books or whatever. And I would have to write a censor. Like, when I sent it over to him, he, I had to write prepare yourself, uh -huh. you know what I'm saying, so you can take in all of this. But it was something else. So that's how I got started. Okay. Yeah. So when you when you received that feedback from that book right there, mm -hmm. that set fire to you? And, and I began to write. I took that one book, and it's about maybe five or six short stories, because it's a 30, about 30, 45-minute read. Mm -hmm. And it's a bunch of short stories within that book. So each short story, I took it, and I made series of books out of oh, it. Oh, I like that. So I began to tell, you just got a glimpse of what mm -hmm. was going on. Mm -hmm. And the basic, the book was on just breaking up stuff and forgiveness and and prayer and all that. All that I'm going to have to let you read the book. But right, right. Yeah, I it began to just break off until my whole life, this one character began to just run through every book that I wrote. So Wow. Yeah. So what was that process like? Um, writing that book because I, I can tell it's something that really touched you Man. it was tiresome really it was like peeling an onion you know onion has so many layers mm -hmm. and so i when i was writing this book and i had all this stuff going on once every time i pull a layer back i was naked like literally naked to where you have this behavior that you've been carrying along around for so long that you don't know how to you know what I'm saying? This, everything is new. It's like I was becoming a new person as I peeled off each layer. I'm talking about I was naked, tired, just like, lower here I am. Mm -hmm. Like, seriously. Oh. So what what was the process like as far as the, your brother did the editing for yeah, you? Yeah, he did the editing on the first couple of books, and he ended up getting in the, I think he was taking his doctrines or his, master something was going on to where he had to uh write a lot so he had to put that to the side and concentrate on his education so okay yeah um how did you how did you go about your publisher i did i i learned how to through google really? nobody told me nothing i went straight to google and i did trial and error oh wait a minute i had one lady her name was um Linnell. Logan, her name's L.A. Logan. That's her pen name. Okay. She taught me 
the copywriting side. Okay. But everything else, Google. 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 I mean, Google. That's what I really want to get into. I wanna, Google. I want to know more about the uh, the copywriting side of it. Was it a strenuous process? No, actually it wasn't. All you needed to do was just upload everything on your flash drive and you just put it in there and you pick the category that you're doing and you pay the $45 and no one can come in and take your stuff. Really? Yeah. Really? What 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 website? Um, it is on. Oh gosh. I think it's copyright.gov. I can give you the information. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll get the information. Okay. I have it in the link below for okay. everybody who's curious. Um. Yeah. Because a lot of people, you know, they want to do stuff, but they mm-hmm. don't know exactly where to start. Right. Know? And and if you're going to do any type of uh anything to do with intellectual property, mm-hmm. you need to make sure you copyright, you, you trademark, you got you to because people will steal your ideas. And there's nothing that you can do about it. Because you don't own it. You don't by own law, it. you don't own it. No. And you you might going to want to fight them, no, but you will. <laughs> you yeah, will. You're going to fight them. But it's nothing that you can do about it on the legal side. Right. And you know, people, they do this all the time. Oh, people, they come, they got a whole documentary on on Netflix. They had it on there to where people come in and they steal major companies' ideas because their paperwork is not in order. Yep. If your paperwork is not in order, there's nothing that you can do about anything. Not in a court of law. Yeah, it not nothing. It won't stand. Yeah. And I was reading the article. I don't know if it was in the millions or in the billions of pieces of intellectual property that are stolen every year. Yeah. It's people out here just waiting for you to create something and follow behind you and see if you have done your due diligence, if yeah. you own it. And that's they like that you. guy in, um, I want to say it was Google or Yahoo, where the man went in and he was typing in the the search, uh, the domains, mm-hmm. and they end up losing uh, one day, they just slipped the game, and he ended up buy, uh, buying their stuff. Really? And he made like millions of dollars because they had to buy it back. That's crazy. I didn't yeah, know. You and did, this was yeah. Google? I want to say it was, go- it was Google or Yahoo. You have to pull it up and see. It was one of those. Okay. Yeah. Wow. You got to do your due diligence. Yeah. You got to make sure you own it. Yeah. So after you did the copyright, what was your next process in, in getting that book published? Um, I went to um, Amazon, Kindle Direct Publishing, and then I did it that, you know, uploaded it, and I did my books, my book covers first. So I work with a guy out of Dallas. His name is Low Dallas, and then I walk with work with another girl. He's a graphic, of, graphic, graphic designer, designer and okay. he's reasonable, and he has, he's very, very good. Turnaround time is real fast. And I work with another girl named Tina Shavers. I think she's out of Chicago. Now, she's really, really good. She takes her own photos and stuff and put a whole book cover together. Okay. Like anything that you can think of, she'll go in there and do it. She does, like, moving um, trailers and all of that. So she's real good. And she's reasonable. Okay, okay. So they help you with that, the mm-hmm. art, artwork and all of that. Yes. And um, you did it all on KDP yourself. Yeah, all on KDP. What was the turnaround on KDP? Um, well, it started out as Create Space then when I started. And okay. then it trans- 
it uh, went over to KDP. They merged. But it was Create Space was a lot easier, so you can um, get it up in seventy two hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. How long is it now with KDP? Um, that was Create Space for seventy two hours. KDP, they'll have it up the same day. It's not. Yeah, it'd be like twenty four hours and. Really. Uh huh. So they KDP is only going to upload what you submit. They don't what do you any submit. editing or anything. No, but they're gonna. They just got a new program in there to where you can go in and format. You can format, actually format your book. And then they got, you know, the basic guidelines to the bleed of the book and all of that extra stuff if it fits in the, because your words got to fit inside that. Mm -hmm. But if it doesn't, then they'll tell you, they'll write on the side your errors and you have to go back in and, format all over again. Okay, so they yeah. just make little su suggestions. Right, suggestions, right. Okay, okay. So do you still use your brother for editing or do you No, 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 no. I um I used myself. I went to the library, you know, cuz you don't remember all that stuff. Went to the library and got all the books that I needed on editing and I just read it and that's how I learned. Just read and kudos to you. That's, that's what's up. I mean, with all the punctuation yeah. and things of that nature, I mean, that can that can become a task by itself. It does. Know. But, you know, with um, everybody has a certain writing style. And because um, I like poetry, you can do what you want to with certain stuff. So you don't have to put all of the periods and all that other type of stuff when you're writing poetry. Mm -hmm. You can kind of write like you want to. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, so I'm curious. How is your distribution process? You know, with my um, distribution, I did the same thing how I sold purses. I came out of my trunk. Really? Yeah, and I came out of my trunk and I sold books. I would go to the hair schools, anywhere I can sell books, I would sell books. I would pull up with a trunk full of books and I would sell books. And trunk. that's how I came out of the trunk selling books. Out the trunk. Mm-hmm. Have you been able to get your book into any any stores? Um, actually, they're not. Um, you can get them online at Barnes and Nobles. We're in Goodreads. Um, I think we're like overseas. You know the basic. It's like fifteen that, different people. That comes yeah. with KDP. Yeah. They, yeah. Okay, and it's on Amazon for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Barnes and Nobles, Goodreads. Um, Gosh, it's a bunch of them. I can't think of all of them. Okay. Are you looking to get in get in the stores? I am, but then I'm not. But I am. I can tell you one thing. I am like in over 30 states. And the penitentiary is in over 30 states. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. Um, what... Is there a specific genre that you really cater towards? I like true crime. Anything that deals with like true facts. I like poetry. Um, that's what I write about. Okay. Like everything that's happening on a day to day daily basis is what I write about. Yeah. With with your books and how did, how did you get that message out? How did you gain your audience? 
I, I did Facebook and then I just began to just pass it out and put it places. A lot of the stuff I gave away for free, I did um, TV. I did that, you know, interviews and stuff like that. So that's how I got that out. Okay. And that book, um, You Are Not Your Story, my first book sold, I think I made $6,000 in one day. Really? Uh-huh. Off that book, yeah. It sold and I gave it away. I think I reached over, I want to say it was like 500 hands within a matter of time. And I got another um series of Dope Boy Blues. I think I had over 500 downloads of that in one day. Whoa. Yeah. Right. You're doing numbers. Yeah. So um, I know you were telling me that you, you help individuals that are incarcerated mm -hmm. publish books as mm -hmm. well, right? I do. Okay. And how, how does that go? What, what do you do exactly? What I do is um, they'll send over messages to me and they'll be like, well, I want to write a book. And then I just tell them the basis of everything that I charge and what all I do. They got to write their own book. They got to send it to me and then they got to send payment. So that is what I do. So I'm, I'm responsible for the book cover, the editing, the typing, um, the copyright and all of that. And then I charge them, because they're incarcerated, I charge them a discounted rate. Because if you're going to, it's like 800 plus just to write for somebody else. But I do them for a little bit of nothing. Um, and so all of the royalties are... They're theirs. They're, they're, they're I don't theirs. get anything off of anything. I just write it. You know, I don't... I set their own account up and make their own money. You know, I just publish it and tell their story. So how does how that work with the royalties? Like, how long before you start to receive? You receive your royalties as soon as people start... Um, when they start... Because you can go in and you can set it up to where... Just by them turning pages, you'll get paid. So, and that's from your ebooks, huh? That's from your ebooks, okay. right? And then you'll get royalties. I think you get like, I mean, seven. I want to say seventy to eighty percent of your royalties or whatever. But it basically uh, depends on what you sign up for when you do the process of the book. So, okay. But it takes. I think they they pay out like every two months. So as soon as you put this book up and people begin to, um, they begin to buy and read, then your royalties begin to just stack up and then you'll get a check. Okay. Now, how is the process of doing the, doing the e-book? The e-book is fairly good. And yeah, it's fairly good because you still make money off of them turning pages, even if they have like the Kindle, um, the free Kindle Unlimited, mm -hmm. you know, where you can just go in and get the book for free. Right, 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 right. You'll make the money with them just turning pages. Okay. So that's still good. You'll still get royalties off of it. And when you when you submit for an ebook, you just submit your book. It's typed up, and then they'll put it into the. Election. No, you upload it on your flash drive. Okay. And you it'll be ebook. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Because you can do ebook and you can do paperback. But I usually do both, and then they just started a new thing to where you can turn them into hardback covers now. 
So that's a, that's good. So I'm gonna go back in and I'm gonna change everything to, you know, the hardback. Doesn't have to be a certain amount of pages for it to be hard. You gotta have. I know um, the regular one is what like 25, but I'm not for sure about the hardback. Okay. Okay. So what what ways do you use to keep their keep your readers coming back, keep their attention? Um, I just. Just right, I guess. Just I mean, right. Because <laughs> I still have people now that they're waiting on sequels to books. Really? I mean, but I haven't had time. I don't have time. Right, right, right. But I need the time because it's therapy. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you got to make time for that. Yeah. Yeah. And take care of your mental. Your yeah, mental it does. Space. It's yeah. therapy. Mm -hmm. It is really therapy, and I think that is. Before I wrote that book, I started out as a, before I wrote my first book, I was a journaler. So I wrote, but I would have like big notebooks, and I still do this now, and they would be like Dear God books. So everything that I'd be talking about, I'd be like Dear Lord, uh, Dear God, and I'd just write. So that's like the first process, and then it went on to that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what, what advice would you give any aspiring authors that's listening? Right. It's not hard as um, people make it. You know, when you go to college, they put them big old words on it. All you have to do is just write. Take your time and just write. And don't, I know it might seem like it's going to be frustrating because you're not going to know where to start. But once you get started, it's just going to flow. Mm. Don't force it. Just write. And write from your heart. And you'll be all right. Sounds easy enough. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Um, curious, what what do you have in store in the, in the, in the near future? Anything that you have coming up soon? Um, no. Oh, yes, I do, but I hate to just tell it. But I got a lot of stuff. Well, okay. If well, you basically, I'm on the business side. I'm trying to turn my business um, work to where it works for itself. I basically, I done got into the government contracting side to where I went in and I got cage numbers, Sam's. I've been building um, business credit with my EIN for my business, been getting trade lines of credit for it, I'm trying to turn it into a hub zone and 8A building space where it's like a developmental zone. Um, I've been now registered to do business with the state of Arkansas. Okay. So I've become a vendor to be able to sell business, well, sell stuff to them through our buy. Um, what else have I been doing? Oh, I did say about the government contract, and so I'm able to contract jobs now from here all the way to Canada. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm looking at the contractor side of everything. Um, becoming a contractor and even a broker so that's just where I'm at right now okay and with the and with the contracts through the government what what will you be providing for them anything that I possibly can sell okay that they will buy okay or any bids that um, you know any type of bids on jobs or anything any job that I can offer so I will be putting a lot of people to work Pretty soon. Oh, so. okay, okay, okay. That's that's what's up. Now, yeah. was that was that was that hard to do, becoming a contractor for the government? 
I'll say it's been nerve-wracking, but a lot of things that people don't tell you is they supply us with the help that we need. We just don't know the information. We won't read. We won't do anything. There's people out there that the government pays to help you build for free. I came in contact with, I got a good friend that's a CPA, and he's a real good friend of mine. Um, and I was telling him what I needed to do, and he sent me to the right people. And I have a team of people that's been working to get me where I need to be. And it's all been for free. All I've, all I've been doing is just attending seminars and reading, and basically that's it. Okay. Yeah. But I got information. I got plenty tons of information, and I give it away for free. Okay. I know there's big things coming in the future. Yeah. <laughs> what, um, okay, so anyone listening, uh, what advice would you give them if they're looking to start a business, no matter what type of business? What would you tell them? Just make sure your paperwork is in order mm. and go for it. The only thing you can do is fail, but once you fall, you. Get back up and do it again. Just keep trying, and eventually you'll get it right. Okay. Fail your way to success. Yeah. 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 Keep trying. And always be open to listening. You have to surround yourself with people that know more than you. You want your friends to be billionaires. You want your friends to have valuable information. You learn from everything that somebody's doing, but you want people around you that's doing something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True story. Yeah. True story. I'm um, curious, what, what's, your, what's your social media information? How can you be reached? Um, my social media um, is Facebook, Arthur Lanika Brown. That's my Arthur side. Um, and then I'm Lanika Brown and the Lady Cartel on Facebook. And then it's Lady Cartel LLR on Instagram. Okay. Anyone looking for nice handbags, <laughs> um, wallets, anything of that nature? If you're looking to become a published author, you want to buy a good book. Y'all, y'all checking this brown out. And even if you need information, if you need free vendors, any type of information you think that you need, you can always ask. I share tons of information. So. Y'all heard it directly from the source. Y'all check her out. We appreciate you for coming through. All right. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Wake up, 36, 5, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6, 5, 6